Good morning and welcome. This is Tavo DRC, the senior leader, a pastor over the DFW Leader Ministry online fellowship for males and females, anywhere you are in any part of the country or the world, and all races. The issue is that when I give the word of the Lord on every podcast, every written article, it is addressed only to the ye must be born again Christian leadership community. And that is the one within that group are those who have ears to really hear. I feel like we're really addressing the remnant. They've already thought of this, a lot of this, and they need some more clues of how to puzzle piece their own doctrine and theology. We're going to emphasize at the leading of the Lord for the sake of the continuing of the Christian faith, we're going to emphasize relationships. That comes pretty easy for me because my father, who is a senior pastor who passed away many years ago, role modeled Jesus in ministry to me and my mother and sister on the pulpit stage and away from it. And I think it was more away from it that really affects me now because I was with him as the firstborn child to go out and watch him interact with other people outside the fellowship, outside at the store, the barbershop, the, you know, the pharmacy, all colors, all walks of life. And he just went about like Jesus in Acts 10:38, doing good, simple, unsung, not a hero to anybody anywhere except the Lord, my mother, myself, his parents, and those who really knew him. So to me, being an unsung minister, junior minister, choir member, whatever you are, whatever you're not, is not about your title. It's not about all the achievement that we see out there today. Simply, it is about being led by the Spirit, the inward witness of the Lord, and loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your understanding, and not leaning upon your own self to cause yourself to thrive but to let God lead you and be submitted to whatever he says. And then one day you will arrive at that needed miracle or answer. Even though you might have lots of rejection, people who project rejection, big rejection, because they're afraid or they just don't know they're doing that. Lot are not well raised, which is our society, but also, hate to say, can factor into ministry when people are well-intentioned, but they grew up sort of mean and hard cold and didn't get ever healed. So we're going to go about our way and try to just share a few tips about the mortal soul. And like I said, the soul realm, as I've written on it about soul control, self-governing of your soul, well, first we have to define it. And our definition of the soul is a traditional one in the Bible, mind, will, and emotions. Your mind, your will, and emotions. Close your eyes if you want to know where your soul realm is and where it will leave with your spirit and soul. The inside that nobody can see except you and God. Nobody can really touch you unless it's the devil, the warfare, or the Holy Spirit, or yourself and murderous self-talk, such as Cain murderously getting envious, fearful of being displaced, in Genesis 4 of his brother Abel. We try to work on this as a basic ongoing puzzle pieces, submitting to you because the temptation is always there. It comes in different forms. It comes big and small, privately, personally, publicly. So we just say, you know, this is an ongoing battle. 
with God's help in the church, churches, to really reside under pressure in your house, in your ministry, during testing with neighbors and fellowship people, in James 3.17, which is, any wisdom that represents God is, first of all, pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy, not being two-faced, you can be bold, but not tough, not two-faced, not racist, bias, gender bias, age bias, or anything else. Not, you can be eclectic, but you can't be elite. You can't say this is our club. Easily entreated is probably one of the biggest ones. That means tough. I'm not going to let anybody be right but me. Then you get mean. Or I know more. And see, we live. The Bible teaches us that in the last days, knowledge would increase. It also mentions in the scriptures, it says, knowledge, wells of knowledge, lots of learning, Bible book learning, natural learning, watching TV learning, internet online learning. Knowledge builds, knowledge puffs up. So every one of us, including myself, and yourself will be have a temptation on at least one person or another. Everybody brings out something different in, in all of us. Some people are easy to deal with. They're the ones that, you know, they get you. The other ones may be people that are prickly and you feel pricklier around them. So that's part of our heart, our carnal nature. We're not all smooth sailing because we are carnal and pride in different ways. Affects us. Some people don't have as much pride as we do or I do or you do in certain areas and you're good with them but when they you come with one that's equal or you know superior inferior then that old carnal heart that is still needs to go to heaven be with Jesus be cleansed repeatedly is going to be there so therefore under James three seventeen, there is no law but it will take God's help and strength that's why Jesus invited us to take him into our heart so he could give us the Holy Spirit then he could give us the fruit of the Spirit list, listed in Galatians 5, 23, which I'm always having to work on, and God in me. And it says that he that, that the, the little tiny bits of this deposit can be developed and matured with teaching and emotional maturity and choices because it affects relationships, even our relationship with ourself and others and God. So that the Bible teaches, Paul writes about the fruits of the Spirit went up, uh, he writes about love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, meekness, temperance, that self-control, personal self-government, and so forth. Uh, and so we want to say that in James 3.17, when we mention pure, peaceable, easily entreated, good fruits, that is the fruit of the Spirit wrapped up in that. Also without partiality, and without hypocrisy. So if we could invite everyone now who is a teacher who is true to really begin to teach every level of humanity that is open to your message about the relationship theology we have a website it's called abiding relationship theology and it is relationshiptheology.org when i was googling to see if the name existed it didn't but another relationship theologies out there i intentionally did not read it because I didn't want to take their stuff. But I also know that mine, because of that, I want to make sure we are abiding James 3.17 relationship theology or relation, abiding relationship theology. That means you can act like Jesus 
sweet baby Jesus and then you get under pressure and you could either act like sweet baby Jesus or the mature Jesus with self-control he assessed but didn't accuse or you can turn into the accuser so you want to look like either the Messiah Jesus at all times under every situation with his help now it has to be his help and then not like the accuser because that's what comes out with money relationships with money bring it out or different people's choices or politics or uh, choices that are not safe and all these different things but M word is a big one mama can bring it out ministry my ministry me centricness also the M word money making money mammon so we want to we don't want to put any guilt or anything on anybody heavy duty burden but we want you to know this is not a just a fruit of the spirit just to talk on this this is about the soul and let's get over to the soul because we need more power in our heart to have self-governing soul control so what is the soul the mind will and the motions let me get our scripture out for the day for the days it says in Matthew 22:37 and this is Jesus Christ in his red letters. Jesus said unto him, this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. And you know those Pharisees, they weren't fair, you see. They accused Jesus because they were back under the law. They were great adept rules keepers. But when it came to being led of the spirit or down to earth or family or not mammon chasing, not money minded, they were missing it. So Jesus said to the Pharisees, and he says to them, you shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. And this is the first and greatest commandment. The second one is likened to it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. How do they hang on the law and the prophets? That means in the Old Testament, everything really pointed to, symbolized, tried to achieve in the human race, amongst families and ministries and God's people in the Hebrew sense. It tried to aim with a safe society with healthy relationships. First with God and the fear of the Lord, knowing there's an eternity come, some won't make it, some will. Dealing with the pride issue of arrogance, of self, and then the simpatico, the ability for neighbor to live against neighbor and not get into wars, fistfights, divisions, and family members. For family to disintegrate, disintegrate or there to be murder, like in the Genesis for Cain killed Abel, his own brother. So we look and it says, the Pharisees come to Jesus one day and they had come to him. It says, if you look back in Matthew 22, 34, the, the Pharisees had come because Jesus had confounded the Sadducees, the other religious tribe against him, and they put him to silence. So the rumors got out about Jesus the Christ, so they thought they're going to try their hand to trap Jesus, get him in trouble so they could put him to death. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, boy, they were good, they used the law, 
One of the lawyer asked Jesus a question, trying to tempt him to flub up, to miss it so they could get him. And they said in a tricky way, Master, what is the great commandment in the law? Now, if you look back at the law, that's the first five books of the Testament, Levitical, but it's also the Mosaic law. And each one of those, P.S., aside, have to do with a relationship in the fear of the Lord. You love the Lord God yourself. You don't want to take anybody's wife or husband. You don't want to covet their things. That's a relationship issue there. You don't want to um, murder all these different things. Exodus, 20, Exodus 33 for your reference. The Ten Commandments. So the lawyer, the legal eagle, the well-trained, educated, and skilled and articulate lawyer is appointed out of the Pharisees to tempt Jesus and trick him. He says, Master, feigned hypocritical, really, being a hypocrite, Oh, Master, I want to show my respect to you and woo you into my court. Master, what is the great commandment in the law? Now they're waiting. Jesus said unto him, You shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. So let me point out for the teaching's sake over here that we now say that the definition of the human soul, the mortal soul, is the mind, will, and emotions. So when you look at your mind, I like to think of the verse in 3 John, to be honest. I love to think of 3 John, little book of John, chapter 2. I mean, it's only one chapter, second verse. It says, Beloved, above all things, I wish that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I like that because it helps explain quality of life, shalom, but also health affects material wealth, but also emotional wealth, relationship wealth, family wealth in the sense of everyone happy, ministry, health, and positive mentality. Because you can really examine it, pray about it, and see what God says out of it. So if I say, well, let's take that, 3 John 2, Beloved, says the, said God to us, each one a beloved, I would that all above everything else, being the queen or the king of your home, of your ministry, of your business, above everything else, I would that you prosper. That means you can choose to figure out with God's help in the Bible, what does it mean to self-prosper your own soul? What is God's part in it? What is your part in it? Most people think, I'll go park myself in church on Sunday. I'll turn on the Christian radio. I'll turn on the Christian CD and listen to some praise music. Oh, yeah. Now I can go out and do what I want to and say the nasty things I say and accuse or just get complaining. So you picture your soul, your mind, will, and emotions inside when you close your eyes. You can also picture a healthy soul that is prospering, being in health, in a, in a happy attitude, a happy camper, all my cares and worries are cast, even though they're very huge and big. I do that, and I've, I've had huge things, but I learned it to be free in my soul, to work out my own salvation, so to speak, not in a works manner, legalistic law, but because I get to, and I think, man, it's so much more fun. Being carefree, stress-free on a given day is a thousand times more valuable and happy to me than complaining, worrying, fretting, fearing, which I used to do. And I could do, but I'm not. And I tell you, I've never had 
the oil of joy and gladness like I've ever had. And that's a scripture. Oil of joy and gladness. Hebrews 1.9. Jesus had it. You want it. I got it. With God's mercy. So the idea is we look at the soul realm. Now things there are, you know, we want to do it right by God. We want to do it right by man. Obey the law of the lands. Uh, honor our fathers and mothers so that we'll go well with us. We want to choose what we watch on videos and video games and TV and media and music and online and all the things we want to if we go to a church we're submitted to the rules of the of the church of the people we honor and observe all the boundaries of men and women and then we're not people pleaser but we try our best to abide in James 3:17 relationship okay so Jesus said Matthew 22:37 to the tricky Pharisee he said, well, you know, out of all the law, it's, it really means to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart. So that means if you love, if you really love the Lord, you'll follow him and do what he says. You'll obey his Bible. And you won't people please. You'll God please first. Because you're worshiping, living before the audience of one. Because when you get to heaven, your friends, the media... Nothing will be there except God and all the goodies he's prepared for us, which are amazing, better than we could have asked or thought. So back then they had no clue of video games. They had no clue of time off. They had no clue of the freedom we just experienced in the modern day and no online. They couldn't see the future like we're living it, such as space travel the women that are free to be themselves in ministry as well as business and uh, the idea that there are all these Gentiles which is everybody who's not a Jew all mingling in the Christian sense all colors is a was a first church brand new concept plus they had to fight the legalism which is the Pharisee symbol so Jesus says, You shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So the soul is a big deal. And when you parallel that and you count in Second John, 3 John 2, Beloved above all things, I would that you prosper. Do things that will prosper your own soul. Take time off. R&R. Work out. Uh, quit arguing. Close your mouth and stop grieving and complaining. Forgive everybody. That's uh, If you got bitterness, get over it and forgive everyone on your list. That's what I've done. That's what I do and I have to do because that's what I'd rather have a happy, joyful soul and an even keel with God and man. I'd rather just be pleasing to God, but it's more pleasing to be me than bittered. You know, like you could get worried, oh, and talk politics. There's some people in the natural. I had friends, a couple of really nice, strong, maybe too strong, female friends. One was African-American, one was white. And they didn't know each other, but those two were older. They got too sure of themselves, too cocky, ornery. But their soul was angry, angry. One about politics changed her nature she raised two children two grandchildren was a really strong fine person but her doctrine her complaining and her murmuring and her anger of just resentment about politics was 
just her attitude was almost murder. It was, it was just ornery. And I'm sorry, no one can be an ornery complainer about the last president. I don't complain about this president. I will not complain about the next president because I'm not political. That's not my deal. I pray for all of them. I forgive for all of them because every one of them's got great points. Every one of them's got two or three terrible points. And even though it bothers me to hear accusation coming from a ministry or a political figure or anybody, a science teacher, it really bothers me. They need James 3.17, but it's a sign. You know what it is? It's a sign somebody got them that they need prayer. So we have to say, Father, you forgive me of things I don't know I do that are bad that other people will see. So ask you to forgive me, but also forgive them, the politicians, the presidents, the science teachers, whoever else. It's not political pastors, prayer warriors, you name it. We've all got to go down our list and forgive everybody. That will help the first process of cleaning up our souls to really be ministers. The other person was so, hate to say it, raised real poor, but had gotten like a victim, martyr, superiority. And uh, I couldn't take, you know, if people, once people think they've arrived and that nobody knows as much as they do on any topic or all topics, and they may say they're a prophet or not, I'm sorry, I cannot allow negative complaining, but also mean-natured people. I forgive them, but man, unless they get it and repent, I can't take them back. So I lost some really good people and mature people. But once you got, see, this is it. You can grow up and grow up. It may be hard. You may prove yourself. Oh, man, I finally, yeah, I'm I'm the victor over here. I'm not the, you know, I'm a minister now. I'm a minister. And then you get arrogant. So arrogant. I think I, James 3.17 comes out of so many things. How not to be, how to be. And then I have to say, am I arrogant? You know, in other words, you have to say there are hard times. And I had to go to God a couple of times. Starting from when my dad died suddenly, when my firstborn came along. My whole family started going through breakings and siftings. And we haven't stopped till right now. And we always will have them. But, you know, the huge formation of our character was our whole life. And God is so good. Yet I, I, for some reason, good parenting, people praying, my grandmother, I don't know. I would say, Father, I, I feel like I've gotten hard-hearted. I've gotten, I don't want to be hard-headed either. I don't want to be light-headed or hard-headed. So I try to stay that balance to watch me assess myself. I learn not to accuse myself. But I assess myself because that will only bring you good with God, you know, in with a pure heart. So the Bible teaches, this is a soul thing, blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. How can they see God? Well, they'll perceive Him more accurately and discern Him more correctly, which is only for their good. And they will watch Him, be able to discern and perceive Him more accurately how He's acting on their behalf, that they really are winning. I had a phrase that came in. I was thinking lately with all the online ministry. I love it. And I also love the, I think about computers and the Lord a lot and music. So then I was thinking, you know, if people say they have no followers, like I don't have the greatest number of followers, but you know what? I've been on because it's been a gift to me to be able to give my, I can always write a book out of it. I don't look for numbers. I look to please, is this going to be okay with God? And, and, you know, do I feel led to put it up there? So I'll just put it up there for whenever it's supposed to happen. 
But I, I realize that I'm not into followers. God, I don't want. What is the word? Nomo FOMO. FOMO is F-O-M-O. And that's the new term that means fear of missing out. It's another way of covetousness, getting people aggrieved. They don't have with the, keeping up with the Joneses, the old phrase. FOMO, Instagram, FOMO, the article in the New Times, Times um, New York Times said 70% of teenagers are on Instagram and Instagram intentionally promotes FOMO, F-O-M-O. So I said, what is that? Fear of missing out. Envy is what it is. Now, let me put it this way. If I... I'm on it. I do these things because I want to, and I feel like God allows me to share. Maybe one person or two are helped through the years. I don't really, I really don't mind. I'm doing it because I know it's God. But I will say that: Am I in it to look to great to to curry great big numbers? No, because I'm not into God. Is not a fan club God. He wants disciples, and that's what we're missing. But I'm thinking I don't want my soul to be sucked into envy or. Comp- competition with any minister any other human i don't do that and it's been god's grace the reason is 25 30 40 years ago maybe really 40 years ago the lord might gave me the scripture he who compares himself with another is not wise and i went wow because i wasn't really envious of people with money and possessions no i was wanting to be more accepted or looking better because I was not as thin as I thought, or whatever, different things come up. But the idea is the Lord said, Tavo, he or she who compares themselves, it's like competition, and it makes you feel bad because you're always checking on everyone else. It's a sign of insecurity. So by God's grace, I thought, wow, I'm not going to do that anymore, and I haven't since. And so therefore, even if you don't think, some of you, maybe all of you don't think I'm skinny enough, or pretty enough, or fabulous enough like you are, like all of them think you are, I really don't care, because I'm not in it. We're only passing through. We've only got a few short years on this earth, 70 to 80, 120. Then we're gone. And what's going to matter about your Facebook? It doesn't. I do it because it's, it's fun. It really is. And the Lord gives me a word of the Lord. I'll throw it out there just in case. But here's the parallel. Because I know people do really believe in all that, even Christians. So what I'm going to say is just think, for those of you that really are like me, the Bible teaches us that no matter if we accept Jesus into our heart and are born again, we are immediately surrounded by enormous number of fans. They're called the great cloud of witnesses. You cannot imagine all your parents, all your grandparents, my parents, all the loving people that made it to heaven, they're standing there and you can't see them like in the stadium saying, go for it, go for it. Hey, I, that's enough for me. I don't want to get FOMO. I don't want to get my soul corrupted or brought down. Now see, that's it. When you have somebody that goes to the tipping point, they go from joyful child, then they get a bit moody or they can get a bit oppressed and then it builds up and builds up all this cloudiness and hurt, anger, unforgiveness. Grandma did that. Pappy did that. I failed. I don't look as good. I'm not as sweet. I'm not white. I'm not brown. I don't have like they do on TV. I don't go trips and take them. I don't have this beautiful scenery to put on my Instagram. 
soul issues, mind, will, and emotions. And so you get oppressed, maybe depressed, and then you see too much media, too much talking heads, global warming, the president, accusation, war, rape, mayhem, sexual trafficking, poverty, and then you fight things like yourself, maybe the same. Then you get a tipping point of killing yourself because your soul realm, your fear realm, your lack of love, you know, not lack of love, but just lack of knowing how important you really are, that it's a mind game from the devil. And if it's medical, that's different. If you have medical, there are medical things that make people depressed or even symptoms from things you take, pharmacy things. That's another thing. So there's no one solution that fits all. I'm not trying to say that, but I'm talking about people who are not needing a lot of medication. And I don't have it. I'm not taking any. I'm working on it. I'm staying, you know, with God's help, being trying to eat right. I've got, I've had a lot of pressure since the attack, and I've put on weight. But that's what I'm working on right now to be get it back. All right, let's talk about this scripture. It says, "Beloved, above all things, I want you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers." Out what my soul is taking in. Maybe the attack is on one of the parts of the soul. Maybe it's on the other. That's why I've done this for me. That's why I think. If I'm under attack from fatigue, doubt, uh, depression, what kind of warfare, pain, hurt, emotional wounding, accusation from others, Phariseeism, doctrine, my father left me, which he did not, or, you know, if you had something like that and you felt down. All right, I'm going to look, or if you feel, you don't know why you feel bad. You don't know why you're feeling depressed or, or down. That's a soul realm, potentially a spirit realm. So I would say, Father, if I'm hurting in my heart, would you help me figure out so I don't have to? Now, I can go to church. I should turn on, you know, praise music, and I should, I can go claim the Lord and renew my mind, and that takes time. So you want to do that as well. Talk to people. Let them pray for you. There's nothing wrong with other help. These are things that you can use as a repertoire. You don't want all of it. You can't do all of it, but you can at least remember it, write it down, and then go back and say, this time I needed more help from a friend. This time I needed more prayer warriors. This time I needed to renew my mind. I didn't take time before. I didn't know that would help change my whole outlook. This time you could say, oh, I'll turn off the hard rock music with the hardcore death awful oppression and foul language that will bring your soul right down after a while i used to like rock music hard rock and the lord just showed me that my when i got depressed as a young teenager in 20s that it was related to how a lot of that what i watched on tv and what i saw token in my my ears because the bible teaches i think it's mark it says be careful what you hear because it goes inside and multiplies four times. So I quit because I didn't want to be depressed and I'm not. I haven't been depre- I'm not depressed. I'm not oppressed. If someone is against me or I get hurt by someone I love, I could be down in a seeking God what how to get away from that pain, emotional, you know, hurt. But it isn't and then I always say am I forgiven them? Yes. But there're all these things, but the best thing I think right now Go get immersed in praise music. Put it on. Go to worship. That's really good. Get prayer. And don't self-pity. That's the other thing. 
if you are using your mouth and there's a whole lot of people that teach on this already but if you are always vocalizing down negative words curse words poor me victim oh yeah I'm not gonna make it I'll feel old man I took you know I turned 45 and man I see I learned this 30 years ago and avoided all of that I don't feel any older I really do not I promise I do not feel any older than when I started ministry I do not feel any older by God's mercy I might look older I might look different but you know what I don't care I'm so thankful and it is a lot to do with the founding fathers of many of these movements right now I really count and honor my own parents and the Billy Graham era and vineyard but then I count word of faith as a lot of this teaching of how to do it myself with God's help and also prophetic worship and the other ones in between black and white I can't name them all but I'm saying we have to give honor to the doctrines and that we were allowed to given grace to hear them sit under them and then you have to be the noble Berean because people warp them notoriously pay, t- people take the top good founder the original organic prophet of every movement male or female and they'll take it and when the prophets published you know worked on their own thing the disciples and the young people and the people in generations after three to five down will warp it with their own and TV surely there are people that have confused Billy Graham the saint Billy Graham who taught a holy fear of the Lord special message special kind of message but surely there was somebody or at least a few I didn't meet him, but surely there were people who said, I'm going to be the next Billy Graham and warped his message, got a suit like Billy and started to preach. But it wasn't loving. It wasn't anointed because it wasn't truly God authorized. So there are many factors. So you don't want to sit under the wrong people. That will hurt your soul as well, your mind, your will and emotions. So if I have an attack where I feel anxious or I feel upset or something, I don't know what it is, a heaviness. I will go back to a couple of verses. One, that any wisdom that really is from above is James has got to line up with James 3.17. It's got to be pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit without partiality. That means it won't be spooky. It won't, it'll be pure and peaceable, not make me afraid or doubt. The, one, the other one like that is 2 Timothy 1.7, that God has not given me a spirit of fear but of power, his power, love, and a sound mind. So I'm going to say, if I feel anxious, down, not myself, usually it's because, really, dealing with a lot of people, you get accusation. As a prophet, apostle prophet, I do know that. I can feel it. That is the worst part of ministry, but it's also my testing ground, and I know that all not all people were raised, not all people in ministry are like my real earthly daddy, who is really like Jesus. So, you know, we have to just grow up and get stronger and go to God for peace and you know that's where I learned about who cares what people think who cares what Pharisees who never speak to you in public in private or in public they don't pick up the phone because they really don't value relationships in the body of Christ in men or women so instead of picking up their cell phone if they think you're in sin or have a flaw they don't like because of their ministry being legalistic then I'll say it again, please, let's this time around, rather than accusing, sin spying, sitting in, you know, like starting rumors like goes around all the time in the in ministry, 
Let us be Matthew 18, 15 through 17, Galatians 1, Galatians 6, 1, submitted to that. God's whole counsel about relationship respect in the fear of the Lord. Also putting in a PS for Ephesians 5.21, mutual submission in the fear of the Lord in families and marriage and ministry. And Ephesians 4, the whole book, but also it starts with everyone walk in unity and humility and weakness and lowliness and long-suffering, endeavoring to keep the bonds of unity. Think how our little kids and friends and family network in a ministry in the Christian community will start to flourish because their mind, will, and emotions, their soul realm of the community, this is a community talk but a soul talk, will not be laden down with accusation. It will be so much more fun, childlike joy and ministry because there is no warfare from other Christians' friendly fire. There is no accuser of the brethren or the sisterin or the leaderin or the motherin or the children or the teenagers anywhere that by anyone who says, I'm a born-again Christian, you must accept Jesus to make it to heaven. Yay! So let's ask God to help us in James 3.17. But it starts within. It starts with, first of all, the fear of the Lord, that it really does matter to God how we respect or disrespect anybody, even ourselves. So we go back to some self-talk issues and complaining issues and say, where does it come from? I close my eyes. I'm all alone inside. And there's the bear. Me. Angry. Moody. Mama. Hatred. Me-centric. Coveting. Ungrateful. Unthankful. Murmuring. Contemplating murder. Contemplating envy, lust, porn, whatever. So you're by yourself. And when you're by yourself, only God is there and he sees it all. So when you're by yourself, know that that self will one day stand before God. And your earthly form will be regenerated. Hopefully, if you're saved, you will not go to the dark, hellish place. And save very, very hot, but also very dark no video games, no time off, no mind candy. So you'll be alone with self like this, except it'll be never-ending with your eyes closed, that part of you. So when you close your eyes and you're a Christ follower and you're open, you'll say, well, what's really ticking inside that's bothering me, grieving me? And you might say, well, I lost my grandparents and I really miss them. And that's affecting your soul because you have, it didn't sin. The Bible teaches us that Jesus wept. He had empathy as a Christian leader, as a leader, a ministry leader. He had empathy with the Mary and Martha, who were the brother and sister, his friends, because their brother died. He he wept, it says. My, I remember my father teaching that in the Baptist church. The shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept in John. But I think, why would Jesus wept? In the light of the of the modern day busy ministry, compassion fatigued, Eli High Priesthood, you know, judging and running and not really open to empathy because it would take energy and their time. I thought, wow, Jesus was the first Christian p- pastor, let's say, overseer, apostle, and he he cried, he wept when he saw the grief in Mary and Martha. His soul rose up. And he respected them, he loved them, and he cared for them. But idea, guess what? He knew he was going to raise them back up 
from the dead. He knew it would be a happy ending, but he wept with mercy. He wept with empathy and compassion as a leader, Christian leader, so to speak. And because he hated to see what the torment they were under, the torture. He, he had enough other centricness, other centeredness, where he really valued them, even though he knew it would be all right. I guess you could even say that maybe God hadn't told, I live right now the way I live, and some other people I know, I live like, I just hang, I just have to hang loose. It is so different, even the last couple of years. I just don't even know what God will do next, or what he'll tell me to do, you know, how to, I just hang loose 24-7 right now, waiting for the revelation. So, another thought that just crossed my mind was maybe Jesus had been, what well, he wept because he didn't know that God was going to say, all right, now go and lay hands on him. I'm going to resurrect him. I don't know. And I'm not, don't you quote me as saying this is dogma. This is Selah. Pause and contemplate how big God is, how great he is. So when Jesus said, I want you to love, he told the legalistic law guy, I want you to really love God, your only Lord, your only Lord, not your little G God, not your money making, not your family, not your, you know, prayer warrior ministry or your network, not your shiny new vehicle. I want you to love me, the Lord, your God, with all your mind heart and soul and I want you the same you to love your neighbor as yourself willingly to do it allowing them to really irritate you allowing them to test you allowing them to irritate you because they're black or white allowing me to watch you and how you self-govern with your neighbor, with your fellow minister, with your parishioners, with the your mama and little kids at home. Because I'm watching. I'm, I'm in there with you, says the Lord, in your soul realm, your self-talk realm. I don't accuse you. I didn't accuse Adam when I, this is the Father God, I didn't accuse Adam when I confronted him in the garden and he committed one of the, the hugest sin of all, basically. The first sin, and I didn't accuse him. I assessed it, but I confronted him respectfully. So the issue is right now, back to me, it's just like, wow, how dare we accuse? We might be tempted to be, but that's our issue. And it starts when you close your eyes and you look inside and who's in there, it's you. It's about you and some part of your soul that is out of whack. It's been out of shape in your mind. Now, see, this is it. When it says in Second John 3, 2nd, 3rd John 2, excuse me, 3rd John 2, it says, Beloved, above all things, I want you. That means you using your effort, your choices. I want you to choose to prosper your soul. And when you do... Well, it says, let's see, beloved all things, I would that you prosper your soul, prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So I look at well-being and prosperity in general. I look at health and well-being in general in life. And I think it has a lot more to do with the soul than we think. And when I analyze it for myself, I think, well, what am I, if it's the mind, if part of the soul is the human mind, then what am I letting my mind read, look at on a regular basis? What is, when I'm looking at my emotions, who am I hanging around with? 
what influences on there uh, what am I doing to myself to make me depressed with too much dystopian movie watching for instance murderer games you know video games or just locked onto media no relationships except media and then there's my will am I addicted am I have you know what are my choices am I a ruled by somebody else? Am I going to be controlled by everybody else's version of government in the Christian sense? Am I going to be a legalist? Am I going to be uh, an addict uh, without trying? You know, if you're an addict and an addict, which is so hard, God is going to be merciful to you. But there are points, a tipping point for you where God will say, you know what? I forgave you a thousand times, but you know what? Now you've grown up and now you've got to do better. That's between you and him, not me. I know because I fight it a lot with sugar type things under pressure. There's no condemnation. I'm saying assess it. Just assess and God will let you know without accusing. I do it with myself. I feel he's really merciful. He's forgiven me. I come from a long line of sugar addicts. My mother, you know, just like the cane mutiny sugar cane. <laughs> no, we forgive her and we forgive me. But that's a besetting sin and that's a whole thing. We have to know that God is merciful. But he's not a enabler. He's not an enabler or a permissive, overly permissive parent. But it's between you and him and you and every unique individual because only God and you know how big it is, how your responsibility is really more than you believe or want to believe, and then how much is really just, you are just almost powerless by it. So I'm working on it over here with mine. You work on yours. But I'm working on my soul because I am hopeful and optimistic. You do not know how grateful I am for all the things that have gone on and have not gone on. I know God more and it's so much fun being God's per you know, being with God as child and you have the same we want you to have the same. Because I have worked on everything you hear. I keep it very, very on my front page front, you know, top of the list. I used to have so much more anxiety than when I moved out here I was always careful to cast my cares keep a short list of everyone forgive them all but I had this underlying inbuilt in my hard drive anxiousness over anxiousness in ministry and just daily life and you know after all the things that went on and siftings and warfare more than you could ever want to know emotionally and spiritually and financially all it left me was happier than I've ever been in my life. And I give God the glory. I really do. I don't really have a lot. I don't own much. I don't own practically. I really don't care. I just want to be God's person and hang out with him. And and where whatever he wants me to do, I feel like I'm supposed to go witness to the must be born again Christians, evangelize the church. The churches. I really felt since I was out here that I would have people and start two churches in the area. But it would take more than me. And right now I don't. You know, only God and the right people sent people. All colors are welcome. All, all you know, male and female. But right now, I do feel a call to have the ministry on land, but it's got to be God. And if it never happens, do I care? No. I care about people. I care about people going to heaven. Christian ministers not going to heaven. I used to have a board member who was a Christian minister for years, a Baptist, black Baptist. And he said he wasn't even saved. And then one day he got a brain aneurysm, was a vegetable five months after I met him, you know, years down the road. And he finally met the Lord and the Lord healed him completely. He was a paralytic. 
he's now with the Lord, but that was amazing that people can, he would, he said, I'd preach on Sunday morning. I'd go out sinning on Sunday night. So, you know, that's proof. I wish you were here. I really wish you were here to tell you his story for himself. It was amazing. It is, it's an amazing story. Brother Johnny Jones of Keisha Ministries, Richmond, Virginia. Let's see. So we we're going to talk about food for thought, living with these verses, sample verses of loving God with all your mind, heart, and soul. All right. So the mind is one thing that has great influence who you feed off of TV, preaching, music, videos, gossip, tawdry, pitiful, poor me, low income spiritually. Hey, it isn't about your money, it's your poverty attitude. Poor me, pity me, self-talk. Elite, superior, you know, even in ministry. Then it's your will. Will I submit to what the Bible says, even to be relationship healthy? Will I submit my will to let God correct me or to do the right thing? Will I choose to do the right thing or will I please myself? If I have a really bad issue and I'm embarrassed with addiction, am I too proud to go get help or counsel or even deliverance and or medicine? Whatever it takes, do it. And my emotions. Am I feeding something on me? Am I eating too much of the wrong kind of foods which makes me moody and sensitive like sweets? Am I staying up late and not taking care of my body and I'm feasting and fasting on the wrong kind of junk on TV and on the on the foods that are not healthy? I'm not taking care of myself quality. I'm not resting. I'm overdoing, overachieving. Even in ministry, your soul will not be prospered. It'll go south. And so will your health, perhaps. Your relationships, why, do, why does, and I got to go soon, but why is it so important to value the mind, will, and emotions? Close your eyes. Your mind, will, and emotions are in there. What's valuable about them? What's valuable about me? Say that. What's valuable about me in there? Well, then, what do those mind, will, and emotions have to do with other people, with God, with yourself, your contentment with yourself and your life, self-talk? And then what are those mind, will, and emotions doing with your children, with your grandchildren, your stepchildren, with your mate, with your mama, with the ministry, with other people, with leaders, with the president, with whomever your, you know, business, with the little kids, the teenagers, all the, th and bullying. What about bullying? Where does bullying come from? It comes from negative self-talk. It also comes from the devil. I believe that bullying, repeated bullying by people who were brought up with no love, no structure maybe, no daddy, no respect, raise themselves and get a spirit like Saul, accuser spirit from somewhere. And then when they see a little kid who's been raised well, but they're oversensitive, they're really maybe too tender, not strong enough to, or have bad, you know, they may have really inferiority, which comes from home, which is not their fault. They didn't do that. But the devil knows, and he knows a victim, and he knows that this little innocent or this little sweet, loving, respectful to all their friends and all their family and great for mom and dad is not tough enough emotionally or has something that is like a David and Saul thing. 
Also, people are very gifted that are called, uh, maybe if they're sheltered or too sensitive, you can have that as well. The accuser wants to kill you off. I had um, and bruise you from a young stage. So these are soul realms, but the bullies look at their issues. It's family, no esteem or just raised by wolves. Then the devil, world of the flesh of the devil, who, what are they watching on TV? What are they hanging around with? What are they, in, you know, what is on their TV? What is on their father's TV? Is it porn and they're watching it? Blah, blah, blah. And then the other ones, don't be too saintly. That don't make your child over superior, but also over inferior by too much being too dainty. They have to have a tough side. I learned that myself. I was pretty sheltered, a lot sheltered than more out here. After here, you got to have your drill sergeant. People, God's people will run roughshod over you because they were raised by wolves themselves. Not all, but this is a grassroots talk, deep grassroots where there are no celebrities. They follow celebrities. They want to be the next celebrity, not me. That's how you learn this to teach. I have my DFW degree. I'll be honest. I like Dallas now. I like the area. I respect it. I respect ministries, all the Christians. But I had to learn there are different kinds of Christians who say they're Christians and they're not. And you have to know which styles are more prone to carry that group in there. All right. And against women. I believe that I got my PhD degree, Pretty Hard Days. I got two of them, piled high and deep. I also got my DFW degree, Dallas Finest and Dallas Worst. That's what I got, Dallas Finest and Worst degree. And I really am thankful for God, the Holy Spirit, the people I learned from through the years, my parents, the ones on the East Coast that know the Holy Spirit and the fear of the Lord, and the very few that you could touch base with and respected you as a female, as a human out here. And I will say this, I never got a chance. It's not that diverse with black people. I only knew, to, knew a few and they were fine, but it's never been an African-American, dark-skinned, Hispanic or Chinese or Asian person that has ever disrespected this person, part of the family of God. And that's why I teach community forward because the, 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 the system, the packaging, the, the village, of the last 80s on up of ministry that is whelp western european heritage levitical patriarchism back in the law is asleep at the wheel about relationships and the fear of the lord and i submit this as a sila not as a dogma and not as accusing though tossing over maybe a few temple money changers to the pharisees but i am assessing and presenting it in james 3:17 respectful form about relationships with a pure heart. God bless you. He loves you. This is Tevo DRC signing off. Bye-bye.